Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, John chapter 20. Are you ready? Last week was Easter. John chapter 20, where we're going to start in verse 19, is the evening of the event that happened after Christ rose from the dead. And so today I want to just get some truths into your life of the effect of that that resurrection of Christ and what it will do for your life. There are four things we're going to just point out quickly today, and I want you to, I want to encourage you to write these things down so that you can take them with you and, uh, and remember and remind yourself and to meditate on these things and get them into your life, all right? John chapter 20, verse 19, and we're going to begin. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to talk to you about Jesus being in the midst. And when Jesus is in the midst, that is in the center, in the middle of your life, there are these four effects. One is you have peace. With Jesus in the midst, you also have joy. When Jesus is in your midst, you have function. And when Jesus is in your midst, you have power. Hallelujah. He is the center. He's the hub, the center of the wheel, like a a wheel with spokes. He's the hub, and those spokes that come out of that hub, they're all connected to it, just like the spokes are the areas of your life, your marriage, your career, your health, your friends, all those kinds of things come out of or should operate of, out of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Him being the middle. Not just a, a number one on a list of priorities, but the very center of your life. And everything that you do and say and are and think comes out of that relationship with him. Everything flows out of it. It's not just one more thing in your life. Well, I have God over here and I've got my friends here. And I, no, he's, everything flows out of that relationship with him. That your faith is actually the force that drives you in your life. Amen? Amen. With Jesus in our midst, notice verse 19. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he is in our midst, we have peace. The Personnel Journal reported an amazing statistic some time ago. And since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time. In its study, the uh, periodical discovered that of 3,553 years of recorded history, only 286 years saw peace. And 8,000 plus peace treaties have been made and broken. We just don't do a great job of it. But Jesus, the Bible says, he himself is our peace. He is the prince of peace. He said it so wonderfully in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. All right? So he's trying to open your eyes and help you see and and, and help you understand that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean all your troubles went away. That would have been nice. 
But that would just mean you would have just died and gone to heaven. That's how your troubles go all the way. But in the world, you have tribulation. In the world, you have trouble. In the world, you have travail. In the world, you have problems. In the world, you have these contrary circumstances. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So when he is in your midst, then you have the peace of God that sustains you. Peace doesn't take you out of that storm. Peace takes that storm out of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so you, your life is then guided and, and, and directed by the peace of God in your life, not, by, not reactionary to the things around you. Hallelujah. When Jesus is in the midst, there is absolutely nothing to fear. We saw this example many times as the disciples came into several scenarios and situations where they are fearful. And one of the first things he would tell them is, would say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Take heart. Take courage. As long as Jesus is there, you can always know that peace is there. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says, and the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. Let me say verse 6. First it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, it surpasses. In other words, that the peace goes far beyond what you or I could ever handle in our lives. Amen. You want to know the, pe- the truth about peace? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Amen. Have you ever considered what a blessing it is when the thing that you're in, the problem, the situation, the circumstance, you're, that, that those problems pile up so high that you can't possibly solve them? Have you ever thought about what an amazing blessing that is? No, we don't usually think like that. But the truth is, if we would take heart at that moment and realize and actually be glad in that situation that it's more than we can handle, because the moment you understand that is the moment that you really understand that God is great, and the greater one lives on the inside of you, and it's not your responsibility to carry the weight of that trouble up on your own shoulders. As a matter of fact, you have a call, you have a commission, an obligation from God Almighty to cast your care upon him. Because he's the one that cares for you. Amen. Most of us assume far more responsibility for the future than God ever intended us for. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, hey, don't bring tomorrow's troubles into today. Tomorrow's got enough trouble. Today has enough trouble. Right? You're not going to be able to fix tomorrow today. You have to focus on what is before you today. In this world, you have trouble. Tomorrow, we'll get here. It's not on you to do that. You just have to understand that not only do you have things to overcome today, but understand that there is a, there's a God in your midst. The Lord Jesus Christ is there to give you peace through whatever situations the world brings into your life. Amen. What kind of, whatever scenarios you find yourself in. Kind of like the, because, uh, you know, we, we just cannot, we're not, we're not, we're not built, we're not, we're not created to carry those burdens. We're not created for it. There's a man who was talking to his friend about the, the hectic life of his business and how busy he was and just the pressures of it. And his friend said, man, you look really worried. He said, let me tell you something. If I have just one more bad thing happen today, it's going to take me two weeks to get around to worrying about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why we're, not, we're not made for that. You cast your care on him 
for he cares for you. And the Bible calls that humility. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Casting your care upon him. All that is is that you believe that God at that moment is greater than your trouble. Amen. Amen. You believe that God is greater than your trouble. Jesus can handle it. As a matter of fact, he already did handle it. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I have peace with Jesus in my midst. And this next thing, I want you to look at verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And when Jesus is in the midst, we have joy. Nehemiah 8.10 gives us a wonderful promise that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our strength. That word for strength, I got to give you the Hebrew word here. Uh, It's, I'm going to, ma'oz. That's my uh, attempt at pronouncing that word. But I'll tell you what it means. It is a place or means of safety, protection, refuge, stronghold. This is what the joy of the Lord is for your life. Isn't that big? Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that powerful? That the joy of the Lord is your place of refuge. Your fortress. I think there's probably some other guys in here that were like me when we were kids. Did you ever play war? And you use whatever means possible to make a weapon, right? Just put stuff, like my son, he's into making, making little guns. So he'll go outside in the garage, and I've been teaching him how to use the saw and stuff like that, so he'll construct little guns well, out of wood and stuff. It's a great time we're having. A, and he's got, my dad built him like this. What is that thing he built? Well, it's a holster. Yeah, it's a belt he made. You know, from that, when you're from Oklahoma, Thackerville, Oklahoma, it, you learn how to construct things out of other things that were, want, you know, it had this function. It was built for this one function, but you can make it work on something else. Like my grandfather, when I was a, he was a farmer, and so he just made do, and you just had to invent things on the fly. You know, just couldn't just go buy something a lot of times because the means weren't there. So you just had to make something work. And I drove this 68, 1968 Mustang. I don't know why in the world my parents bought me that car. It got me so many tickets. And <laughs> it, it was the car's fault, obviously. And I really enjoyed that vehicle. It just had a great, well, I had some kind of problem, some kind of vacuum problem going in one of the hoses. The hose was just sucking in. So my grandfather opens the hood. And he goes, I'll be right back. And he goes out into his little shop out, out by uh, the house and walks out with a screen door spring. It's like this long. And he unhooks the hose and he shoves that spring in there and clamps it back. He goes, there you go. And sure enough, it worked. I mean, that's just this kind of stuff. Oklahoma engineering, you know. And if you're a mechanic in here today, you might be going, oh, my God, you did what? But, hey, it worked for the rest of the car's life, as far as I, I know. Um, but... <clears throat> But Dylan, yeah, he's got these, these little guns he's been putting in his holster. He just, he loves that kind of thing. And that's what boys do. They just, they, they play war and stuff like that. And I remember we'd, you know, have hand grenades, not real ones, but, you know, dirt clods or whatever it was, or rocks if we felt particularly mean that day, and, uh, and, and rocket launchers and all kinds of stuff. But <clears throat> you may here watch Star Trek, yeah. right? I think those, those kinds of movies kind of ruined games like that for, for little boys. 
because of this one thing, when, when these ships would, would get in battle, um, they would talk about having a force field, <laughs> right, around that ship. And as long as that force field was around that ship, then the enemy couldn't do anything. And so as, as we're growing up and a kid watches Star Trek or something, they bring that mentality into, you know, Cowboys and Indians or whatever we were playing or into war. And, and then all of a sudden it becomes sci-fi, you know, and you've got your grenade launcher you're about to throw it and they go, force field, force field. Let's see if you really have a force field. No, but you, you automatic, they automatically win. It's like it trumps any kind of weaponry, any kind of thing that you come up with. All the arsenal in the world just becomes completely useless when they say force field, right? It's what the joy of the Lord is in our lives. This joy of the Lord is this fortress. It's this force field, if you will. So when the devil comes at you, whatever he tries to attack you with, with depression or sorrow or anger or whatever those things that try to come and take that joy, that joy comes up, you lift your hands up at that moment, that darkest moment in your life, and you praise God. You put your joy in the Lord, and you receive his strength in your life. You receive that bubble of, of power around you that, that, that the devil just can't penetrate. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, it's that praise. It silences the enemy. It confuses your enemy. He doesn't know what to do about that force field of joy. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to just get joyful in here right now. Amen. And hear your situation. Just give joy. Paul said it like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Again, I say, he said, rejoice. How many of you know it's important if he's repeating it? Just in case you didn't hear me the first time. Rejoice in the Lord always and Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Rule one, rejoice. Rule two, rejoice. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What an amazing strength that we find with the joy of the Lord. And when Jesus is in our midst, ladies and gentlemen, when do we ever have, when do we ever run out of reasons to have joy? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Knowing that Jesus is in our midst. Yeah. And joy is a powerful thing. He, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Yes. He found joy, strength in that joy, didn't he? For the joy that was set before him. When Jesus is in our midst, say, I have joy, I have joy. with Jesus in my midst. Now I want you to look at verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. With Jesus in our midst, we have function. God has made every one of us useful for the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? He didn't just save you, but, but he elevated you so high that he made you a partner in the kingdom. I mean, years ago, think about what you came out of and how maybe it would have been a revolutionary thought for you or maybe a, a wonderful thing to think that you could actually do something for God. But God didn't leave you there to do something for him. As a matter of fact, he says that we have become co-laborers with God. He just brought us right up alongside him, seated us in heavenly places right there with him in Christ Jesus. We do it with him. Christ is building his church. We're doing it with him. This is what we're doing today. We're on the same construction site as Jesus. Wouldn't it be sad to be, to be on a construction site and find out that Jesus isn't there? Huh? Jesus is building his church. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Now, I think everybody in the building, and I hope everybody in the building recognizes what this is here. 
Good, give that man a gold star. <laughs> Bar soap. Thank you, Will. Everybody knows what this is, right? And we use this, hopefully regularly, right? If you want to have friends, it's a good idea to use this stuff right here. And it doesn't matter how dirty you get or what causes uh, that filth to come up on your body, whether, whether you're under a car working and you're, you get greasy or whether you're plumbing, Tim, or whether you're know, out there digging ditches or whether you're just out there in the sweat and you've got sawdust all over, whatever, whatever means of dirt, you always find yourself going to one source to fix it, don't you? Right? This is the only thing that's going to, you're going to always come to the shower and always take the bar of soap or whatever liquid soap with your little loofah or whatever you use, but it's still going to be soap that fixes it. It's the answer, right? It's amazing. God has given you a function. He said, I'm sending you. Behold, I send you. What's my function? That is to proclaim the message of Christ. The message of Christ is always the answer to the sinner. There is no other means of help. There's no other means of help. That's it. This is the one thing that fixes all of it. It doesn't matter how dirty people are. You know, with the people you work with or that you, you might, God has put in your life, you don't, have to, you don't have to tell them how dirty they are. And you don't have to be intimidated by the degree of the filth in their life. You have a commission from God to just give them the good news that Christ died for their sins. He was buried in a tomb. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And if you'll believe in that, praise God, all the dirt gets washed away. It's that simple. It's that wonderful. We have a commission from God to keep things simple, to, to flow in the function that he's called us to. The Bible says that how then shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'm looking at preachers out here. I am. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Jesus said, I'm sending you. With this function. The, see, the pressure is not on you to get people saved. That's right. Everybody do this. <sighs> the pressure is not on you to get people saved. That pressure is on God. Yeah. The pressure is on you to bring the message. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Now, what they do with that message, that's up to them. We are here to bring the message of Christ. The good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach Good tidings are glad to uh, preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. See, the gospel is always good news. It is always good news. And it always is going to be good news. We just shine the light of Christ. That's our function, that we, we shine his light. We tell of his love. We tell of his great grace. And one of the greatest ways you can do it is just tell your story. Just tell what happened to you. And people have complicated the gospel and make it so hard to, to, to deal with and scary. You know, you gotta, you got to let them know that they're in sin. You've got to draw the contrast and show them just how far. Really? Well, I don't see this in Scripture. Right. I don't see the Word of God. Jesus said, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Paul said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's right. Huh? Amen. I'm not going to go with what man's telling me. I'm not going with man's religion. I'm tired of man's religion. Amen. Huh? Let's just believe Paul said it like this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I don't feel like I have to add to it. I don't feel like I have to force people to really get it. Here's the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God and the salvation. In that message is all the power to save a man to everyone who believes. And you have to be convinced of that. You have to know that the gospel is all they need. Well, Pastor, I've told them that before. They might. That's good. You've done your part. You've done it. They're still not saved. Okay, keep praying for them. Yeah. 
You've given them the truth. You've given them the message. Believe in the message. Believe in the gospel. It's what got you saved. Amen. Amen. And it's the thing that works every time. It'll clean up all the dirt. Hallelujah. Imagine that. God has, with Jesus in our midst, we've become useful. Thank God for his grace. Made us useful for his purposes. <laughs> and I want to just charge you and commission you today. That when you get in your car in the morning and you head off to work, remember this. He's sending you. He's sending you. You're living in his purpose. and his, You can function for him right now where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's always been the mentality, he's sending me. He's sending me. Lord, I submit to your, to your sending today. You called me to function. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. Say, I have function with Jesus in the midst. And this last thing, and we're done. With Jesus in the midst, we have power. Look at verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And then a little later on in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, for you shall receive the Holy power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. Oh, what an amazing thing. What an amazing, amazing thing that we have the Holy Spirit in us. We don't have to conjure up power. We don't have to work up power. We don't have to wish for power. We have the power. Say, I got the power. Yeah. You got the power. You have the power right now. It's a right now ready power. Right now ready power inside of you. It's resident on the inside. As a child of God, it's right there. It's inside of you. Amen. Always there. Thank God you don't live on the other side of the cross. Pre-cross. Thank God. Because the Holy Spirit would come upon them and men would do great things. And then the Holy Spirit would go. That's why David felt like a madman sometimes. That's why he's crying out, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Right. And I hear New Testament believers say that today. I go, hey, Dodo, right. you don't live back then. David was longing for your day when the Holy Spirit would come and stay. You have that power staying in you. It's a staying power. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. That, mean, that power tells you that all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. That all the promises of God in Christ, yes and amen, that power is there. You know what the Holy Spirit's here for? Uh, Michael, bring up 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. One of his main functions in our life today. You'll see this. It's really wonderful. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That what? We might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. He gives you the power to see the promises. That's what he does. He's there to reveal what God has given you. Hey, I know that you're sick, but look, look what God's given you. He's given you healing. I know that right now you're suffering with, some, with lack, but you know what? The Bible says he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I know that you're broken. I know that you need healing. And the Bible says that healing is yours. By his stripes, you are healed. See, he's there to let us know what's been freely dished out by, from God to us. And look at verse 13. This is important. These things we also speak. This is why I love to preach the word. This is why we preach about the promises of God, because this is what the Holy Spirit highlights, what God has given to us. Anybody remember the great Jack Benny in here? 
Jack Benny before he became what he was, when he was just a young man working, <clears throat> I think he was around 17 years old, he got smitten by a girl. And he just couldn't take his eyes off this girl. But he was too shy to approach her or talk to her. So he decided to send her a single red rose. And the florist delivered a red rose to her. And she was, thought that was wonderful. And then the next day it happened again. And then the next day she got another single red rose. And then the next, four days in a row. So finally, she asked the florist, she said, what is, what is this for? Why is this happening? And so they told her that this young man that she works with, um, ordered the roses for her and they told her his name. Threw him right under the bus. And she came and found Jack Benny and asked him why he was doing that. And he said, I was too shy to talk to you and ask you out, so I thought I would start with these roses. And so she accepted his invitation to go on a date and then they just began to date or court back then. They went a courting. And, uh, and, and every day, she would still get a single red rose every day. And then one day he asked her to marry him. And so she thought, well, I'm going to marry him. The red roses are going to stop. But they didn't stop. Every day she would sing. She would receive a single solitary red rose. They got married, went on their honeymoon. And even while on their honeymoon, every day she would get a single red rose. Guys, there's something you can learn here if you're single here today. Single, married guys too, I guess. <laughs> you, could, you could start something. <laughs> Spark it back up again. I'm preaching to me too. Because right. if I don't, she will. And every day she would receive it. And years and years they were married together and he didn't miss a day. Didn't miss a day. And he passed away. And the day after his death, a red rose came to her house. She thought, oh, well, that's interesting. And another day after that, another red rose came to her house. And a day after that, another red rose came to her house. She thought, oh, the florist doesn't know that Jack's died. So I need to go tell them. So she made her way down to the florist, <clears throat> and she told them, my husband's passed away. And they said, we know, sweetheart, but he made plans. Amen. And he said, right. for the rest of your life you are going to receive a single solitary red rose. And that's exactly what Mary Livingstone got for the rest of her life. It was always there. Even when she wasn't expecting, even though she didn't, didn't know uh, if it would end, but it never did end. And I'm here to tell you today that power of the Holy Spirit is always in you. Every day that you get up out of that bed, you can know that there is a power that is there. It's always available. You might not feel it, and, and if you don't make yourself aware of it, then you'll never know its, its strength. You'll never know uh, uh, it's, what it can do for your life. And I'm telling you, if every day you'll get, get up, it'll just be like that single red rose. You can say, you know what? I'm, I'm receiving the power right now. I'm connecting to Almighty God, and I don't know what I'm going to face today, but I know that I've got a power on the inside of me because Jesus is in the midst of me. It doesn't matter what I face today, that power is an overcoming, victorious power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When that mountain of trouble is looming over you, the power of the Holy Spirit is bigger and stronger than any size mountain you face. Here's the weakness of your trouble. It's temporary. It's subject to change. But the power is forever. And it will work 
in every situation of your life. Amen. Not just the power to overcome. Power to overcome temptation. Power to be healed. Power to be a witness. Tap into that power. Are you hearing me today? Tap it. Receive it for your life. It's there anyway. It's there anyway. It's there anyway. Right? It's there. It's going to stay there. It's going to be there. You might as well take advantage of what's been given to you. That you have peace, you have joy, you have function, and you have power because Jesus is in the middle of your life. Amen. Let's stand together today. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.